When we sent out a survey to you earlier in the month or earlier last month, we, one of the things we asked you to consider was the preaching resources of this congregation. And of course, in the context of that survey that you would have been looking at there, you would have been thinking about how the, the pastor preaches out up front here, and you would have been thinking about that particular role in that context. And that's great, and we know that it's important that as we assess the preaching resources of our congregation, that we have good gospel-centered preaching up front here uh, from Sunday to Sunday. And this congregation has been blessed to have, in the past, you had uh, Pastor Jeff McLeod, and you've had Pastor Tamil, and you've had great preaching that's gone on here up front. So we want to encourage that that will continue on. And that's one of the things as we work on finding a new lead pastor, that that'll be something that's important. But I also want us to remember that if the only intake of the gospel that each of us has is one hour on a Sunday morning, if the only sermon we ever hear all week is, is right here from this platform, if the only message that goes out to our community is from this platform here, that's pretty thin uh, gospel presentation to us and to the community. The latest stats are that people will spend more than 10 hours a day consuming media. Now, when, when they talk about that, they're talking about the television shows we watch, the FaceTime or Facebook stuff that we watch, and Instagram, and all the different social media pieces, ten, adds up to about 10 hours a day for many people, and many even more than that, right? So if preaching from the platform here by one person is what you hear on a Sunday, and then the rest of the media is out there in the world, it's really easy for that message to be diluted, isn't it? So what did Jesus have in mind when he said, let's preach the gospel to our communities? Let's preach the gospel in Simcoe. Let's preach the gospel to Norfolk County and to the world. What does it look like to preach the gospel from Evergreen Christian Fellowship? Let's take a look at Luke chapter 10. If you've got your Bibles handy, either a printed version or an electronic version, grab that Bible out, and we're going to look at Luke 10. We'll look at a few other verses as well, but I'd love for you to follow along in Luke 10 and check that I'm saying the right things here, all right? The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals. And don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter someone's house, first say, May God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. 
don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near now. The previous chapter in Luke, Luke 9, talks about the sending out of the 12 apostles or the disciples. And you can read about that when you go home and and take a look at how it differs a little bit from the, the sending out of the 70 or in some manuscripts it says 72 or 70. And so we won't quibble about whether it was 70 or 72. This was a big crowd Jesus was sending out on this day. And when we think about Jesus sending out the 12, we kind of, we're kind of comfortable with that one, aren't we? We go, oh yeah, those 12, they spent a lot of time with Jesus. They knew what the gospel was. They, you know, we could trust that they knew what was going on. When we talk about the 72, we're kind of going, ooh, that sounds kind of dangerous, Jesus. You're sending out 72 people that haven't spent that much time with you. Are they really going to know what the gospel is and that sort of thing? And so we're probably a little more uneasy about that. And yet Jesus here is sending out these 72. We know from the 12 that they were common, everyday people, weren't they? They were fishermen, largely. Uh, One of them was a tax collector. Probably some of them were farmers. Maybe some of them made wine. A few of them might have been soldiers at one time in their life. And that's probably who the 72 were as well. They were probably everyday, ordinary people like the 12, weren't they? And Jesus sends them out with the message of the gospel. And he sends them out uh, trusting that these 72 will be able to do it. Uh, he says the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So let's take a look at what's going on in this passage. There's about four things I want to draw to your attention about what's going on in the passage. And then let's talk about how that relates to our own context and how we live out that, those four items in our world today. First of all, as we've kind of said already, Jesus entrusts the 72 And notice it says there, he sent them out to all the places where he was going to go. Um, He entrusts them with the message of the gospel. Jesus didn't go to the Pharisees and Sadducees and teach them to do better sermons. He didn't have Saturday morning seminars on three ways that you can preach better. Now, we find lots of that on the internet these days, don't we? Uh, There's lots of seminars and webinars and things that we can track with these days for how to preach the gospel and how to go out into the world with the gospel. Jesus didn't do that with Pharisees. He sent out these ordinary people, and he sends them out as his representatives. It says he sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. Now, I've pondered some of this for a while now. What's it mean when he says he sent them ahead in pairs to all of the towns and places he planned to visit? Does that mean that he was going to go to 36 different places after this? Uh, 72 people in pairs of, of two would be 36 different places they might go. Was Jesus going to follow up in the next few days and go to 36 different places? Maybe. 
Or was it that he was sending them out as the advanced team to see if somebody is receptive, if a village or a home is receptive to the gospel? Is that what he was doing here? We do know that other occasions he seems to have done that. And there were times when villages were not receptive to the gospel and not receptive to his message and other places where they were receptive to his message. So maybe that's what he's doing here. Or was it that he's saying... As the 72 go out into these places, he will be going with them spiritually. I don't know which of those three is really what what is said here, and, and most of the commentators don't have a real clear picture of what that means. But it's... I would suggest that for our understanding, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in our own context, that it's probably helpful for us to think about it in the sense of they were going with Jesus being present with them. That his, his spirit, in a sense, not because the Holy Spirit hasn't been given yet, right? But in a sense, he goes spiritually with them to these places. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we talk about it in our context. But be aware of kind of the three different ways we could understand that. Uh, thirdly, they go trusting that their needs will be met. They are to trust that they will be cared for even as they do this work. Don't take any money or change of clothes or sandals. They are to trust that their needs will be met even as they go. Now, if there's any kids listening online or any young people in the room here today, that doesn't mean your parents can't ask you to change your clothes, okay? You do need to change your clothes once in a while. I know some kids, they like to wear the same clothes each week. But no, no, this is not about that sort of thing. It's just about trusting that God will take care of our needs. It's about not want, demanding more and more of what the world has to offer, but trusting that God will take care of their needs. And then fourthly, let's, let's look for a minute at the message of the gospel. The message here seems to be twofold. If you look through that, that little collection of verses, there seems to be two messages that he's sending them out with, a twofold message. And that is, the first message is peace. The first thing that they were to offer when they went to any place was God's peace upon that location. Now, that word, uh, peace, has a long history with the Jewish people, of course. And all through the Old Testament, we can follow that concept of God's peace or shalom of God. It has much more to do, or has much more to do than just a, a lack of war or something like that. It's about inner peace. It's about relationship with God and peace with God. It's about relationships in the community. It's shalom and blessing in the community. And it's that kind of peace that uh, is being offered in this sending out of the 72. And so as you think about that, term all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, we understand a little bit better that this is a peace and a blessing upon these households that they were to offer. So the first part of the message, the first part of the gospel message that they are to take is a message of peace. And that's a good thing for us to remember as we're preaching the gospel. Our message is a message of peace. But secondly, it's also a message of the kingdom of God. They proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, the 
New Testament is particularly filled with a whole bunch of stuff about the kingdom of God. And Jesus was always talking about the kingdom of God. And he was always using parables to describe the kingdom of God. And we'll talk about a few of those parables when we get to the context of explaining it for our own, our own context. But some of the things we know about the kingdom of God is that everyone's invited It's a kingdom of peace. It's a kingdom of justice. It is a kingdom uh, that is there for all people of the world. And so they were to offer peace, and they were to offer the kingdom of God. So with that kind of an understanding of what's going on in this passage, let's talk about what it might mean for us in our current day context. Because Just as Jesus sent out the 72, he sends out much more than Pastor Tamil and Pastor Keith and Pastor Jeff and Pastor Brian. There are a lot of other people that are sent out by God. We are all sent out with the message of God. As when Jesus was on the earth, Jesus entrusts his message to all of his followers. You know, this concept of a pastor um, preaching in front of a crowd like this is the accepted model we have of preaching these days, but it's, it's not something that we've had forever in the church. The followers of Jesus have been doing the work of proclaiming the message of the gospel for a lot longer than we've set up our church buildings like this, right? The message of the gospel has been proclaimed for about 2,000 years, and some of it's been done this way, but a lot of it's been done by people out in the community. And we'll talk more about how that works in our community as well. But Jesus sends us all out. He entrusts us all with whatever gifts and abilities we have at this point in our lives. Secondly, we go as representatives of Jesus. Um, This is why I think it's important to understand maybe the, the 72 were sent out and Jesus was spiritually present with them. Because that's the way we go out today. We go out into the world, and the Holy Spirit resides in us. Since Acts chapter 1, we know that uh, the Spirit of God has been poured out upon the church. And we know that we go with the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so Jesus, in a very real sense, goes with us wherever we go to preach the gospel. And so we go as representatives of Jesus. We, we go trusting that our needs will be met. As we said about the 72, they weren't going to grab more and more of what the world had to offer. They were trusting that their needs would be supplied and they would, their needs would be met. We go in the same fashion today. And then we go with the same message. We too offer God's peace, which is God's gift of wholeness and shalom and blessing upon people. We know that in our world today, our message of the gospel is not always heard as good news. But if we could remind ourselves and remind others that the gospel is a message of peace, it's a message of blessing, it's a message of shalom to all people. And then secondly, it is a message of the kingdom of God. I said I would refer to some of those uh, parables so that we could remember what some of the message of the kingdom of God is. First of all, we know that everyone is invited. We see this most clearly in the parable of the wedding feast in Matthew chapter 22, uh, 1 through 14, where everyone is invited to the wedding feast. 
Uh, we see this also quite clearly in the great banquet in Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 24, a parable that is very similar to, the two parables are very similar together to each other. Uh, and these parables and others tell us that there is room enough for everybody. I need that reminder all the time. I, I love to uh, go into a coffee shop and sit down, and I encourage you to do this yourselves. Sit down in a coffee shop someplace or a restaurant and just look around the room, and you'll see all kinds of people there, right? Some people that look just like me and you, and some people that look very different. And I like to just, I don't point at them, but in my mind, I look around the room and I go, oh, that person is invited into the kingdom of God. Oh, that person is invited into the kingdom of God. Oh, that that person is invited into the kingdom of God? Yeah, everybody's invited into the kingdom of God. The barista at the back there making those drinks for us is invited. And then sometimes I'll go home and I'll turn on my television or my media and I'll look and I'll go, oh, that actor is invited into the kingdom of God and uh, that politician is invited into the kingdom of God and that person is invited. I'm invited into the kingdom of God. Wow, that's the message of the kingdom of God. And I want to be reminded of that as I proclaim the message of the kingdom of God. Uh, We also learn that everyone is invited and it is the Lord who decides who gets to stay in the kingdom of God. That's not up to us. I I love the parables of the the wheat and the weeds or the wheat and the tares where at the end of the age it's decided what's a weed and what gets thrown out and what's wheat and what gets collected in. Uh, I love the, the uh, message of the fishing net, the great fishing net. Where do we find that one? In uh, Matthew chapter 13 again, uh, where it talks about this big net of people brought in, and then the good fish are tossed out, and the, and the or sorry, the good fish are kept, <laughs> and the bad fish are tossed out. There you go. What kind of gospel is this guy preaching? The, the bad fish are pitched out and the good fish are collected. That tells us that it's not up to us to decide. The, the great net pulls in a big bunch of people and the Lord decides who is the good fish and the bad fish. I think there was a song like that that our kids grew up singing. Uh, it was uh, probably, it wasn't Veggie Tales, but, you know, good fish, bad fish. And, and of course, there's Dr. Seuss to talk. Anyway, I'm, off on, I'm off, off on a bad track here. But you get the picture here. God decides who is staying in the kingdom of God. In the Old Testament, we also see hints of the kingdom of God, though, too. It's not just in the New Testament. This isn't a new concept. In Jeremiah, what is it, 29, We see this, one of the clearest pictures, perhaps, of what the kingdom of God will look like one day. And there we read in uh, Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 7, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives who have been exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that they may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. 
pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. That's one of those places we can probably relate to quite well because we feel a little bit like we're in exile in the community we're in, right? What does it say to do? Work for the prosperity, peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. This kingdom of God, this peace of God is the message that is there through all of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we're told throughout it that God's people cried out for the peace of God and for the kingdom of God. Job in, in the Old Testament, one of the most ancient books of the Old Testament, he cried out to God for peace with God. The the people in Egypt, the children of Israel in Egypt, cried out for peace with God. As they went to the promised land, they called out for peace with God. As they were in the wilderness, they called out for peace with God. In the times of the Roman Empire, they're calling out for peace with God and and to to cast off the shackles of the Roman Empire. And we too, in our time, cry out for the peace and kingdom of God. This is the message that he would have us share with our world. This gives us a picture of what a church should be about. And this is what we do together as the church of God. And I want to encourage us today because I see this happening here. I see this happening at Evergreen. I see this happening in, in, in many places that the gospel still goes out and the preaching of the gospel is happening. Not just with pastors up front, but the things we do in our community are a preaching of the gospel. Let me give you a few examples. Let me talk about some of the things that are going on with Evergreen and beyond. If we think about this building as a start, we've got a healthy congregation that is happening here in this church with healthy leaders and healthy pastors. We've got a Christian daycare that is serving the neighborhood here and meeting the needs of families and children that are protected and kept safe and have a good time in the daycare. I get to see that daily around this building. and Those kids have a good time. Oh, there's lots of tears as well, but they have a good time here. And it's because of Jesus' people that they are here and having a good time together. We have a, a Christian counseling service that works out of our building. It's independent of the ministry of the congregation in a sense too, but it functions out of this building, a Christian uh, counseling service. That's a great thing that's happening here in this building. We have relationships with organizations like Churches Out Serving, uh, the Gathering Food Center, uh, Riverside 88, I think they call it downtown, Riverside something, Riverside. We have relationships with all of these things. We have a relationship with Indwell in town here. We have a relationship with uh, Good Shepherd in Hamilton, at least with one person, because Tamil, Pastor Tamil, goes up and works at uh, Good Shepherd in Hamilton. But we have that kind of relationship with groups that serve the needy. Um, we have entrepre- entrepreneurial businesses in our church or in our community. Things like the Firefly and Fox Bookstore downtown and Kingfisher Cafe and other businesses that are run by Christians seeking to uh, make the downtown core a better place and cooperating, collaborating with other businesses downtown. These are good things that are happening out of here. Um, We have teachers who are influencing the schools in Simcoe, in Jarvis, I know of, in Waterford, and other places. We have CUPE workers 
I know they were much in the news, but we have QP workers and uh, um, support people who help out in the schools, and we have people in our congregation that help out in that capacity, speech therapists and other things that people are doing, assistance in the classrooms. These are all ways that we proclaim our values and our gospel in the community. We had that fair trade sale that uh, Gord Potts uh, helped uh, get going. Our church is one of the, the churches that helps out with that in the community. Um, we have, what else do I have here on my list? We have a pastor we're sending out to St. Anne's Church. How cool is that? That's great. Um, Pastor Brent, we ask God's blessing upon that ministry that you'll do out there in the Niagara area. All of these things, I, I, I just, I encourage you. This is fantastic stuff that is going on in the community. Together, and, and I, I apologize if I missed one of your favorite things, or I apologize if I didn't mention, what was that? There you go. Oh, you know what? I had that on my list. I missed it here. So moms and dads that are, are caring for their kids. And then I also had this one. People who foster and disciple children in their homes. People who make meals for the sick. But yes, thank you for reminding me that moms and dads who are just raising their kids, who are raising their kids in their homes. What a great thing that we have going on here. All these things. These are the ways that we proclaim the gospel of Jesus in our community. I'm going to invite the worship team up here now to come and, and get organized so that we can... Uh, oh, yeah, it's just, it's just Mark that's coming back up here. That's great. But, Mark, come on up, uh, and we're going to, you're going to lead us in one more song in a minute. But I, I just want us to meditate for a moment on those things that we just mentioned the things that uh, God is doing in our community through us, and the ways that the gospel gets preached in the community. Um, And let's just remember that we go out with the gifts and abilities we have. Jesus doesn't ask us to go out with somebody else's abilities. He asks us to go out with the abilities we have at this time and place in our lives. Maybe that is something different at this stage in your life than it was 20 years ago. Or maybe there's some new things that are coming along that you can do now. But we go out with the abilities and gifts that we have. We trust that our needs will be met as we go. And we know that Jesus goes with us. We preach and model peace. We preach and model the kingdom of God. We rejoice that we can do these things in Jesus' name because the harvest is great. And the workers are few. Let me pray with you and then we'll sing another song together. Lord, we, we want to rejoice in what's going on here. We also want to challenge ourselves to go further and to uh, do more in this context. God, we, uh, we thank you for what we can accomplish together here in Simcoe, in Norfolk County, and beyond. We thank you for the gospel that is being proclaimed in this context. Help us to remember that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Go, may we go into this world in Jesus' name. Amen.